all this. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to encourage you to open to the book of 2 Corinthians again. We're going to go right back to where we had our scripture reading this morning. And I briefly just want to take a couple minutes, and I want to take those three points that we learned. And kids, I'm going to shut you off for a moment now. If I say a Bible point, because it's probably going to come up, you don't have to yell, trust Jesus at this point, okay? <laughs> we'll save everybody's ears from that at the moment. But we're going to take and we're going to see, and I want all the kids to make this connection as well, that all the things that we learned this week about Jesus' power helping us to do hard things, and that Jesus' power gives us hope, and that Jesus' power lets us live forever, these aren't just stranded, isolated ideas from God's Word. When we looked at it, we looked at a verse here, we looked at a verse there, but I want us to see that these things, these truths, are all through God's Word, and they're tightly woven and tightly connected all through, because these are absolutely essential for our heart, for daily living, and for walking with God. These three ideas of walking in his power, walking in his hope, and keeping eternity always at the center of our hearts and our minds, of our thinking, of our actions, of our choices, these three points are crucial to how we live our lives with God and what the things that God has for us. So if you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Let's begin by looking at verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't give up. We don't throw our hands up in exhaustion to where we just want to quit. We don't lose heart. Another way we could say it is we don't lose hope. Now, we may have had a balloon pop this week, right? But our balloon... The balloon of our hope in Jesus Christ will never pop. Paul says, do not lose heart. Well, why is that? Why should we not lose heart? He says next, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. When I read this verse, I walk away being reminded that, in fact, Jesus' power does help us to do hard things. Whenever we read here uh, to not lose heart, some lexicons, some Bible study materials out there have actually framed this idea this way. It, uh, to lose heart means to be negatively influenced with the outcome of experiencing inner weariness. And I like this idea because it talks about there's something going on in my heart. And then there's things that are going on around me in my world, my circumstances. And I handle those circumstances differently because of all of the inner turmoil and all of the struggle and maybe all the anguish that I have in my heart. And this idea brings it together and it says that we actually are not, God has it in his plans for us, not to be negatively influenced 
by all that's going on, even though we might be struggling. He doesn't want us to lose heart. Have you ever lost anything before? Dads, how many of you have lost your keys before? Kids, how many of you have found them for him? Right? If we lose, hey, my kid, you weren't supposed to raise your hand on that. No. So there's all sorts of things that we can lose. We, if we lose our keys, it can be scary, can it? And scary can kind of move into frantic. I got to get out the door. I've got to go to work. I've got to. And we, we get scared. We get, uh, we just really can get in a frenzy really quickly because we lost something. How much more so if we lose our heart? Now, can I ever physically lose my heart? Well, not and be alive. All right. But when we lose heart, the Bible is talking about losing hope. All right. Losing the understanding that God is in control and God is there to help us do the hard things that might be in life. All right. And he helps us understand this a little bit more by what he has to say following that we just shouldn't lose heart. He says, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The first thing I want to point out about this is that this isn't actually a command. All right? He, God does not say in this, hey, you, don't lose heart. Now, that would be nice, and that would be encouraging, and that would have its own application for us. See, God tells me, don't do it. But another way that we can find encouragement is when we see people, others, going through hard things, like maybe what I'm going through, and we see them soaring high, like those balloons just flying high, because they, their hope is in Jesus Christ alone. They are that solid rock. They're living on that rock. And their heart, even though the circumstances are difficult, their heart is rising because of what God is doing in their lives. Doesn't that encourage us? That almost pulls me along towards them of like, oh, well, if they can do it, I want to do it too. If they can trust the Lord in their hard circumstance, certainly my circumstances don't look like that. I can trust the Lord. And that's one of the beautiful things that God has given us in a church family and the body of Christ is that we can see other loved ones loving the Lord amidst their struggles. And we can see God working in and through them. And we can be drawn to the Lord to do the very same thing that those people walking through hard things can do. And now where we see that here is that Paul himself is, he's using his own life. He's, he's not just saying, hey, you do this. He's saying, hey, I'm doing it too. He says, we do not lose heart. He's talking about himself and the others who are serving the church and they're writing this letter to the church at Corinth. He includes himself, hey, things are going on. Things are hard, but we need not lose heart. We need not let our balloons pop with that. Now he gives us uh, two things here. And uh, he, he says this phrase, though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, I want you to, in your mind, think with me about two things. You don't need to share this. 
But think about two things. First one's harder. What is your favorite thing about your body? I'm getting scowls. No. What's your favorite thing about your body? Maybe it's your smile. Or maybe it's the curls in your hair. Because your mom says, oh, I've always loved curls and I wish I had curly hair. Think about the favorite thing about your body. Now, I want you to also think about your favorite food. All right, your favorite food. You have both of those things in mind? Now, imagine if you had your favorite food for me. I'm going to say it's chicken parmesan. That is my birthday meal every year. So I have chicken parmesan, and it is the best chicken parmesan I have ever experienced in my life. And I take it, and I put it on this plate, and I sit it out on the counter, and I just let it sit there. Over time, what's going to happen to my chicken parmesan, save for my cats trying to eat it? What's going to happen to that chicken parmesan? Is it going to get nasty? Is it going to start to rot? We might even say, if we put our science words on it, that that food, your favorite food item, it's going to start to decay. And it's going to start to die and fall apart and and go away. It's going to work itself toward ruin. But it's my favorite. And it's going to die. Now that whole idea of, oh, that's something I love, and if we just sit it there, eventually it's going to die. Now take the favorite part of your body. I'll just say for me, it's my smile. I love my smile, okay? So I'm excited about that. And that's the best thing about my outward man, my body, all right? So when Paul says here in this passage, he says the outward man that's, that's our literal physical body. And right here, we're actually thinking about the best parts of our outward body. God's word says that over time, in the end, eventually, even the best parts of our body are going to wear down and they're going to decay. That's literally what this means. It says here... Um, Though our outward man is perishing, it literally has the idea that it is decaying. It is dying, literally, right in front of our eyes. Now, that's just the best part of me. I know as I get older and the, tired I, the more tired I get, the harder it is to exert the effort to smile. Maybe I have a stroke someday, and my muscles will not allow me to smile period. See, our body breaks down. That's our outward man. And it is a fact. And sometimes a lot of the hard things that we face in life are literally the results of that outward man perishing, that outward man dying and decaying. But we have hope that even though that happens, did that chicken parmesan have to try to decay? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. No. That it just decays. That's the way of the world because sin entered into the world. As sin entered into the world, our bodies were cursed by it. The whole world was cursed by it. But there is hope in this verse. It says, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
See, God's focus for us is not just what's going on around us. And his focus, his desire for us, isn't just what's going on on the outside of our bodies. Does God care? Yeah, he cares about everything. But he cares about the inward man. And God gives us his power to help us do hard things. The way he describes it here is that he renews us. Do you know what it means to renew something? It means to make it new again. So if I go back to my chicken parmesan, I have chicken parmesan today, and then I wake up in the morning, there's another new chicken parmesan. It just, it's new. Now, we can't do that on the outside. Granted, sleep does help. But even at that, over time, our bodies are weighing down. What God is concerned about is what's going on in our heart. And it's that inward man, that part of our spirit that connects with the Lord, our soul, that God says must be, and that he wants to renew day by day, moment by moment. Do you know, we put different words on that this week at Rocky Railway. This week we said, Jesus' power helps us do hard things. And then we would all respond, trust Jesus. You know, when we are asked and we're taught in God's word, that our inward man is to be renewed day by day. Do you know what we have to do for that to happen? We just have to trust Jesus. We have to take whatever's going on in our heart, whatever's going on in our life, we got to take it to him, and we leave it there, and we just trust him. We rest in what he's done for us because we know God is working in our hearts to help us do hard things. Well, we know that not only does he help us do hard things, he gives us hope, doesn't he? Look at verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. When I think of hope, we know that's the confident expectation of what's ahead of us, uh, ahead for us is promised by God in his word. But to get God's hope, we have to have our perspective changed, right? My perspective is looking out and I can see this. If I were standing back here behind the train, would I be able to see any of you? No, because this train would be blocking my perspective. And that's so often what it's like when we're going through hard things in life. We have a train blocking us that we can't see around it. But no matter what, no matter what the circumstances are, we seek God's perspective. We seek the truth of God's word. And look at the perspective that Paul shared. Paul was going through some hard things in life. Paul described what had been happening in his life uh, in a couple different places in Scripture for us. One place, it says uh, that he was beaten multiple times, that he had received lashings and stripes. He had actually said that multiple deaths, he said deaths often. Do you want to talk about some hard things? Do you think Paul experienced really hard things with the beating and the stonings and just all of the persecution that the apostle Paul experienced? He experienced a lot of affliction. 
But Paul walked in God's perspective, and he teaches us to find God's perspective and hope in all things. What did he say about his situation then? He said, for our light affliction, as light and as easy and free-floating as those helium balloons are, he said, that's my perspective on what's going on in my life. Now, when I'm walking through something really hard, I don't ever look at them as helium balloons. I just look at them as boulders that have my feet trapped that I can't move and I can't get around and I can't get anywhere. But Paul's perspective is God's perspective in this situation. And he says, our light affliction. Even though the challenges of life feel huge, God says it's light. And what he does say is huge because he talks about what lies ahead for us. Look at the end of the verse there. He says, this right here, this is a light affliction. And he says, it's just a moment. It's only temporary. And he said, even though this stuff is going on, it's hard, but it's light. And it feels like it's taking forever to walk through it. But in reality, God's perspective, it's only a moment. He said, all of this, God is writing a story through this. He's painting a beautiful picture. He's painting a canvas for all the world to see a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 8 that God works together all things for good to those that love him. These hard things, these light afflictions, these temporary but for a moment things, God is using them. God will use them when we trust him to use it. He uses it not only for our good right here and now, because he'll teach us things and he'll, he'll let his power strengthen us in the moment, but he uses that so he can teach other people about himself through our lives right now. And then he gives us a heavenly perspective. He says, it's working a far greater and eternal weight of glory. God's got good stuff for us right here in this life. But it's even better, and God is going to use this hard stuff now to an even greater extent to the praise of his glory in eternity. And that's where he goes next in verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is, again, where we see that last point where Jesus' power lets us live forever. We keep eternity front and center in our minds, in our actions, and in our heart. Paul gives us a new set of values here. What does he say? If I can see it, it's not going to last. I can see that chicken parmesan. It's not going to last. It's being brought to decay. I can see your flesh. I can see your outward man. I can see your body. It's not going to last. It's temporary. If I can't see it, it will last. It's eternal. That's exactly what he says. That's why we don't look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
We're looking at the inward man. We're looking at what God is doing in our hearts. And that is where God will change and will use these and shift our perspective. If you have your Bible, I just quickly want you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. And this is where our final challenge comes from. Colossians chapter 3. While we're talking about an eternal perspective, I read into chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. I'm trying not to steal Pastor Kern's thunder because he'll be there eventually as we're preaching through, as he's preaching through the Corinthian epistles. But there is a huge eternal perspective. That's actually where we get the idea of we're absent from this body and we'll be present with the Lord. We can't, we can't wait that he is working, he is there. But Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. This is the perspective that we need to remember about God's power and we keep it focused on eternity. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4 says, If then, or since then, rather, you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. That would be heaven. Can I see heaven, by the way? Not the part of heaven where God's dwelling. So that's a thing that is not seen. And remember, Paul just got done telling us that the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's where he says, put all your value there. So now Paul says in Colossians, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth, because they're temporary. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That's our ultimate hope. Our ultimate hope is life together with him in beautiful fellowship in heaven forever. I can't wait for that day. And that is the perspective that God encourages us to and calls us to. When we talk about God's power, it's about living his power now to keep eternity in view for all of us. With that, let's take a moment and let's thank the Lord for the power that he has blessed us with. And let's offer our hearts to him so that he can keep us on track to keep eternity at the forefront of our minds. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, thank you so much for what we've seen from your word this morning. Father, these lessons that we've seen time and time again about your power helping us to do hard things and giving us hope, and ultimately that you have given us the power to live forever through Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for these truths. Thank you that these are uh, deep, deeply written on your heart, that you've revealed them to us in your word, and Father, that we can have understanding. And Father, you want to change our perspective. You want to change our lives. Father, you want to help us in all of these things. Father, I pray for your children here this morning. I pray for my own heart. Father, we all have hard things that are going on. Father, we know that you've promised to help us with those hard things. Father, you've even promised to do the hard things of our lives if we simply trust you. So, Lord, I do pray for the circumstances. Lord, we love for the, the circumstances. Everyone's heart is different. For, Lord, we would love for you to just change, and change those circumstances. And, Lord, if that's your will, praise to you. But, Father, we do know that whether you change the circumstances or we remain in them, you desire to use us 
you desire to be magnified, made bigger through our lives as we trust you to demonstrate your power to the world around us. So, Father, I pray this for each of us in the hard things of life at moment. Father, I pray for our hearts that we could gain your perspective, that we could see that they are in the perspective of eternity, that they're light. And, Father, uh, that they're just temporary, that you're waiting for us and you have good things planned for us. Father, we love you again. Thank you for working in such a, a powerful way this week in the hearts and lives of these children. Lord, we pray for more fruit to abound as time goes on uh, from the lessons that the kids learned and even the relationships that were built with our own children, our teen helpers, and the many new families that we got to meet this, this week. Lord, we pray for the uh, picnic ahead. Father, might the fellowship be sweet. We pray for safety. We pray for uh, blessing. And Lord, we ask that you would bless the food to our bodies and strengthen us for your service. Lord, we love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As you are able, would you stand and sing with me?